Yeah. You think I'll just make an episode on one aboriginal person and just leave it at that? Ha! No. Now, I'm certain there were many other First Nations authors before him, considering that writing is older than the 18th and 1900s. But based on my research, he is the first published First Nations author. So I'll have to work with that. A Garring D. Jerry, now Rockin, Australian man named David Napon, was the first ever published First Nations person. He was born on September 28, 1872, and died February 7, 1967. He lived a shocking 94 years and lived in South Australia. He has made tons of accomplishments throughout his life, from publishing stories to educating white Australians on First Nations peoples to getting his face on the $50 Australian banknote due to his achievements. To being the creator of the shearing machine, the centrifugal motor, and so much more. Back in 1909, David Unapon created the shearing machine, receiving absolutely no credit, of course. I've just, I've tried looking into who took the credit, but I couldn't really find anything that I could decide for certain. There were so many things that Unapon did throughout his life, and that I'm absolutely in awe as I research him. Every time I open a new source, I found out another amazing thing that he's done during his life. Considering the time frame he lived in as well, it couldn't have been easy. Which makes me think a lot, since I'd imagine that Australia would have treated people the same as the more Western culture countries like Canada and America. But now onto the family. David Unapon had two parents, James Unapon and Nimbolda Gunetaponi. Though, whenever I look up his parents' names, the last names are always different, so I genuinely don't, genuinely don't know. His partner was Catherine Carter, and by the looks of it, they got married in 1902. He had seven siblings, four girls and two boys, and had one son named Talmadgi Unapon. Sadly, I couldn't really find anything on Sun, which I was hoping I would because I wanted to see if the Sun followed the father's footsteps or it chose a different path in life. Now to his works. I found seven works written by Napon, most, most known of which is called Native Legends, which is now worth $693.24. Can Canadian Today, or... $513.85 American, or even $750 Australian, which was worth like $43.04 back in 1929. Even today, writing a book and setting the price for $43 is still quite a lot. So being able to do it back then it can, and actually gain sales is a huge win. Now for his early life. At the age of seven, Unapon attended mission school, and when he was 13, he left to become a servant of C.B. Young, who encouraged his, men, his love in many topics such as philosophy, science, and music. From 1890, Unapon read a lot, played the organ, and learned how to make boots. He couldn't smoke or he didn't drink or smoke or what, whatsoever. And... After some time through his life, he began to get frustrated by the lack of work for Aboriginal peoples at the mission schools, 
and decided to take a job as a storeman before he decided to return to be an assistant bookkeeper. Then, on January 4, 1902, he married Catherine Carter, a servant. In 1909, Unapon had created and patented sheared. Cheers. Yes, shears, that we use to get wool from sheep and ensure that the animals are comfortable. By 1914, his predictions about polarized light and helicopter flight went public, which earned him the names Black Genius and Australian Leonardo da Vinci. Throughout 1909 to 1944, Unapon made patents for several other inventions, but couldn't afford to, couldn't afford to get them completely protected. By the white Australians around him, Unapon was often called the embodied potential of aboriginal advancement due to his talent and fame. He'd often give lectures for the Anglican Church, one of the most well-known lines being, Look at me, and you'll see what the Bible is capable of. In 1912, through leading a deputation, he urged the government for control of the Point Miclier mission. A year later, he became a subscription collector for the Aborigines Friends Association, due to the evidence he gave to the Royal Commission revolving about Aboriginal issues. He's traveled Australia, combining his work with lectures and was talking in schools. He'd speak about Aboriginal legends, customs, and the future of his people. Even though he'd, demonstra he'd demonstrate his inventions, his request for financial support ended up leading to the disapproval of the mission authorities. Sadly, he didn't have a happy marriage, and his wife often stayed at home. Through studying Aboriginal mythology, Unapon compiled his own versions of legends throughout the 1920s. He was also influenced by the classics as well as his research into Egyptology. Three stories and multiple booklets of his were funded and sold by the Aboriginal Friends Association, Hungarda, Kinney Gurr, the native cat, and native legends. He's also written articles for the Sydney Daily Telegraph, sharing the influence of Milton and Bunyan, with their work being public for over 30 years before their indigenous authors. He also, he also published poetry and other legends up to the later 1900s, which were gathered and held in the Mitchell Library. Due to connections, he also was pretty safe from the typical restraint that were on Aboriginals, even influencing the government's Aboriginal policy. In November around 1926, he was arrested on vagrancy charges, and it is believed that the reach for this reason for this was due to him appearing in front of the Royal Commission once more, defending the other First Nations peoples, and bringing to light the treatment they have received. He's also fought for a mo model Aboriginal state in an attempt to gain his people their own land again in northern and central Australia. By 1928, Unapon was accepted at as his people's spokesman, assisted in Aboriginal warfare, welfare, and due to his skill in manipulating the press, his statements were seen as authentic while the government was busy with the half-caste problem. He's also proposed that an independent board should be in charge of Aboriginal affairs instead of South Australia's chief protector. The AFA supported the transition of Aboriginal peoples into European society as long as it was facilitated through education and many educated native men supported the idea alongside Napon, and approved just how much Napon preferred gradual change. 
Napon then received a coronation medal in 1953, and he continued to travel on foot in Adelaide, which, to no surprise, he was refused accommodations due to his skin color. But nonetheless, he continued to preach well into his late 80s. Once he was in his, in his 90s, though, he retired from preaching, and instead focused on his inventions. He then died at the Talem Bent Hotel Hospital in February 7th, 1967, and was buried in Point Micliay Cemetery, the town where he had spent most of his time inventing and learning. Nowadays, there is an annual Unapon lecture in Adelaide. And that is the life of David Unapon. And holy fuck, I had to do a lot of research for this episode. All of the links will be in the description, of course, so you can check them out yourselves. Granted, I'm not that surprised that some of the points are different depending on the site. Like the names of his family, for instance. I'm not surprised because it's an indigenous person in the early 1900s. So of course things are going to be a bit jumbled due to people back then not being as interested in keeping a proper record for people of color. When I first got the idea for this episode, I was originally looking into First Nations authors. But all the ones I could find just write stories on what their people have been through and the, and the resilience they have. Which, yes, is important in our amazing stories. But much like how LGBTQ plus people want to see stories written by and starring gay people but aren't about the life of a gay person, I was looking more into stories written by and starring indigenous Métis and Inuit people. I think it would be a good idea for me to make episodes featuring minority authors, living and past. Besides, if there's more people out there who are as accomplished as Unapon, then they should definitely be given more publicity. I would have liked to know more about what made his marriage unhappy, though. But that sort of stuff is private. So best for me to not dig in too deep. So what do you all think? Should I continue to make more episodes like this? Granted, they're not going to be a regular thing due to all the research I have to put into them, and I have a busy schedule that doesn't really allow it. But nonetheless, I think it would be a good way to educate others and may even provide people with some inspiration and even pride if they have the same identity. Well, I'm sure recording me is getting a sore throat due to all the talking by now, so I'll give future me a break and begin to conclude this meeting. But before I do... I'm sure that some of you have noticed that I decided to take out the shadow to Creative Writing Club Instagram, and that's primarily because I no longer share anything on that account, so I've decided that there's no point in keeping it with the long outro and took it out entirely. Now then, follow at CWC Publishing on Twitter, check out my novels Death Trail, Flame Rep, and Arctic Blaze on Amazon and Kobo, link in the description, check out the Creative Writing Club Patreon, link in the description, Check out the Crave Ryan Club Discord server in the description. Check out my personal Instagram at dark underscore night underscore wolves. And that this talkative yet informative meeting is now at its end.